2 Timothy chapter number 3. Thank you, ladies. I love that song. It was only missing a guitar. If I had one of those, it would have been perfect. Uh, otherwise, uh, good job. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Um, of course, uh, we have been in, in a series time. Uh, I've, had, I've been in so many series. Uh, we uh, Last Day's Theology, that's it. Uh, we've been talking about the uh, emerging church and contemporary movement and uh, tonight, I want to jump right into it. Uh, I've got a lot to get to. I have not been feeling well today, and so I want to get right into it, and, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll make it the whole time. Second uh, Timothy chapter number 3, look with me in, in verse number 10, but before we start reading, uh, by now, hopefully you understand uh, the context of chapter number 3. Paul, of course, verse number 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And the Bible does tell us some things to be looking for uh, so that we know when the return of Christ is imminent. And I think it is imminent. I know it is imminent. Uh, I know we, you do not have to convince me that we are in the last days. He could call us home tonight. It could be over. And that'd be uh, fine with me. Ever so, uh, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That'd be all right with me. Uh, So we see there's perilous times. We're talking about false teachers, false religion, things that are going to creep into uh, the church. But look at me at verse number 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Timothy. His, his, his convert in the faith, his young man in the faith, uh, his uh, protege in the faith, if you will, his son in the faith, as he's referred to. He's writing to him, but thou, talking about Timothy, hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, verse 11, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Tonight I want to use this passage of Scripture. We'll stay uh, right here this evening, but I want to speak on this subject. Persecuting the fully known life. Persecuting the fully known life. Uh, Once I pray and get into the study tonight, that title will make sense to you. But this thought of persecuting the fully known life. Father, I pray tonight that we'll be helped by the Bible study. I pray that the Holy Spirit would help me as I give it tonight. Uh, Father, I pray that we'll be ready to hear. We'll have uh, ears to hear this evening. And Father, these are some things that will not only help us today, but prepare us in the future. And uh, may we continue to uh, grow in grace so that we can reach more people and to bring honor and glory uh, to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul refers in verse 10, as we've seen, to his life, as like I like to refer to it, and as the scripture says, the fully known life. Uh, what does that mean? That fully known means it's been easy to follow, easy to know. He is saying, Timothy, it has been easy for you to see my doctrine. It's been easy for you to follow my manner of life, the way I've conducted myself, my habits, my routine, my schedule. 
It's been easy for you to follow that. It's been uh, easy to know my purpose. What is his, was his purpose? Was to uh, preach the gospel, get glory to God. It's been easy for you to know that. He mentions his faith. He says, my faith has been easy to follow. Uh, my, my faith has been easy to know. You, you, we know as we've been on Sundays, uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night, uh, especially many, many weeks now, uh, the Apostle Paul has been the center and focus. What he believed about the faith, nobody had any doubts about. Nobody was wondering about. He says, it's been easy to follow. He says, my long-suffering. Well, how many times uh, did he have to be long-suffering to continue his charity? What would cause him to continue to treat people as he treated them the way, in, in, in turn the way he was treated? It was charity. It was, it was that scriptural love. And then his patience. He says it's been easy to see it. It's easy to know it. It's easy to follow it. Now, if it was easy for Timothy to know it, it would also be easy for the casual observer to know it. I've already mentioned people knew what his faith was. People knew his doctrine, he was preaching it. People knew that all of these things about him, the churches that he would write his epistles to knew that. Uh, those that he preached to would know that. It was a fully known life. Let me put it like this, kind of silly, but you'll get the point. He wasn't a secret agent Christian. Wasn't one of those I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. I'd let you know I'm a Christian, but then, then the secret would be out. Sadly, there's a lot of secret agent Christians. Uh, they're saved, they don't want anybody to know it. This was not Paul. I, he says, I'm going to put my beliefs out there, my faith out there, the purpose for my life is out there, it's to honor God, follow God. But there's also two more items that he mentions that were fully known in verse number 11. Persecutions and afflictions. We have the Fully known, his doctrine, his manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. Those are all things that you and I would like people to know about us, right? Okay. Some of us, all right? But then in verse number 11, we look at persecutions and afflictions. We don't want persecutions and afflictions, do we? That is, that is not, those are not things that we want to be able to testify about. But I, I would contend with you tonight that uh, the, the two mentioned in verse 11 are a direct result of those mentioned in verse number 10. Because of my doctrine, it's been easy to follow. It's been easy to see. Because of my faith, you've also been, it's been easy to follow the persecutions that have come from it. Because of my purpose, it's been easy to see the afflictions that I've had to live with. I would continue to deny that the persecutions that we've been studying a lot about, Paul's persecutions on Sunday, are a direct result from his fully known life. Now stay with me. I'm going to lay, lay the groundwork in the introduction, and then the main points are going to go somewhat quickly. We find in verse 11 those persecutions and afflictions, but specifically the persecutions I'm going to draw your attention to. Who was it that persecuted Paul? It was the religious crowd. It was the, those Jews, scribes, Pharisees. It were, it were those who were steeped in their religion. Paul, 
did not, when he, when he would, would, would reason with them, when he would preach to them, he did not change his doctrine. He did not hide his faith. He did not uh, change his purpose. It was fully known. It was easy to follow. It was easy to see. But it was that religious crowd that, how many times we read in the book of Acts, certain Jews stirred up the people. These were those that did not like the fully known faith that they saw, the fully known doctrine that he preached. All of the things that he was, that they were not, they did not like that. Now, there's three, three things I want us to notice here in, in the introduction. These are in the introduction. These aren't the main points, just to clarify. That about those that persecuted him. There are certain precepts, there's, there's line upon line, precept upon precept. We have to get clear in our mind to, to really get what the Bible teaches us in a lot of instances. See, think about who his persecutors were. He lived a fully known life. Was it, was it a wrong life? Was he a sinner like us? Absolutely. Was it an evil life? Talking about after his salvation. No, it was a called life. It was a, it was a dedicated life. Uh, he was teaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel. So the religious crowd, the good churchgoer, those with good, good standing in the community and society, they're the ones that hated Paul. We look at Paul as a hero of the faith. They looked at Paul as the scourge of society. But I want us to notice three things about the persecutors. The first thing is this. When Paul was part of their crowd, he was a hero. Before he was saved, he was one of them. He was a hero to them. He was highly esteemed to them because he was one of them. And when he was part of their crowd, he was a hero. The second thing I want us to remember is now that he was teaching a resurrected Christ, they hated him. What changed from one to two? Was it his education? No. Was it his personality? No. It was the fact that he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he got saved, and now, instead of being one that held to the tenets of the law, trying to kill those who believed on Jesus, he's now preaching a resurrected Christ. When he was one of them, they revered him. When he was saved and began preaching a resurrected Christ, now they hated him. The third thing I want to mention about the persecutors is this. If Paul had left his doctrinal position, they would have loved him again. They loved him because he was one of them. He meets Jesus, gets saved. Now he's got a new purpose. Now his doctrine is different. Now every, his faith is different. <clears throat> this is what he's doing. Now the very people who revered him, who, 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 who embraced him, now hated him. Now tried to destroy him. Now tried to kill him. How could he change that? He couldn't go buy a book on how to improve your personality. He couldn't take a seminar on how to be better like. The only way those who persecuted him would ever embrace him again is if he recanted the doctrine he was now preaching. 
If he gave up the faith that he now lived, if he changed everything about himself, they would once again embrace him and love him. Are you following me? See, Paul was persecuted because of what they knew of him. His fully known life was easy to follow, easy to know. See, there was no persecution when he murdered Christians. There was no persecution when he burned churches. But now his doctrine, his faith, his long-suffering, his charity, it brings about persecution. Are you following me tonight? When he was one of them, they loved him. When he began teaching a resurrected Christ, now that's when the persecution started. That, with that as the foundation, I want us to get to the main part of the message tonight. I'm going to give you three things to consider. Per, thinking of this persecuting a fully known life. Paul's fully known life brought about his persecution. The three things that I mentioned about the persecutors, I don't want you to forget them because we're going to refer to them uh, again. And it's the basis of some things that I'm going to give you tonight. Now, the first thing I want you to consider with, with the introduction in mind is it, it, found in verse number 12. After Paul says, Timothy, in the last days perilous times shall come. He gives him the list, 2, 3, 4, verse 5. Having a form, now he's getting down to verse number 10. He says, but thou hast known. He, that comes after him pointing out some false teachers, pointing out there are some who would take another way. He says, you've known my life, though. You've known what I believe. You've known those things, even my persecutions. He reminds him, the Lord delivered me from them all. But see, we used to be that word persecution as we go along. Timothy was aware. Timothy lived those days of his persecutions. Timothy certainly endured some of his own persecutions just because of his association with Paul and what Paul believed. And he says, but the Lord delivered me from all of them. Then in verse number 12, he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Remember the three things that I mentioned to you. When he was part of the crowd, they loved him. They embraced him. When, when he was not in the crowd, preaching a doctrine of a resurrected Christ, holding to the faith, uh, uh, fulfilling his purpose, they hated him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to destroy him. They wanted to undo every good thing that he did. And all he would have had to do to, to get rid of the persecutions was just to recant his faith, to change his doctrine, to go back to being like them. The only thing that changed was the fact that he was now a saved man called by God to preach a gospel that was contrary to their law. Everybody still with me? Living godly, this is the first thing I want you to consider. Living godly will bring persecution. Verse number 12 tells us it will bring persecution. Doesn't say might, doesn't say maybe, doesn't say Timothy, if you get lucky, you'll escape it. No, Timothy, under, or Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this authority that we hold to, where every word is there on purpose, every word is there on, uh, uh, for a reason, says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. See, a separated, spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christian is the greatest 
threat to the emerging contemporary crowd. Uh, It's the greatest threat. Uh, See, uh, this world is no threat to them because they are of the world. Satan doesn't oppose them because they are leading people to hell with a false salvation. Satan does not care if they call it a church. He does not care if they call it Christian music. He doesn't care if they call it a sermon. He doesn't care if they use Christian words because the salvation they teach, should I say the lack of salvation that they teach, what they hold to is sending people straight to hell. One thing that, that, that churches like ours here, especially this day we live in, is, is well, well if, if, if you weren't, and they lay, put, it on, put it on our personality, they put it on our mannerisms, we're hard to get along with, is the criticism. Uh, do you see these kind of churches? They never have any kind of opposition. They have good, good, good testimonies in, in, the, in, in the world and in society. Well, the devil is not going to oppose them who are marching people straight to the fiery pits of hell. See, the world is not a threat to them. A separated, spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christian is the greatest threat. Everybody out there tonight? In these emerging, I've mentioned this before, all these emerging church books, I've seen them progress from, from, from 10, 12 years ago to now. Before, we were literally the unnamed, the independent, fundamental, Baptist, Bible-believing Christian in churches. We were the unnamed elephant in the room, if you would. We were the, the, the legalists is what they would call us, or, or, or groups that hold to. Now they are naming us as the enemy, simply because we are the enemy. A separated, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, victorious, living Christian defeats the argument, listen to me, defeats the argument of a no authority, you decide what is right version of Christianity and religion. See, the fact that you and I can pull ourselves out of this world with the Lord's help, we want to serve our God, we want to follow that book, and we see what God does with us. He sees, we see, see our children turn out for the Lord. We see our marriages strengthened. We see people saved and, and lives turned around. They, they don't have the testimony of, of somebody coming to Christ and their life changing. They don't ever change. Matter of fact, That is what they tell you. You come as you are and you can leave as you are. It is a no-change gospel, a no-change system of beliefs. And when the real thing is evident, it destroys the whole argument. The Bible says, if you live godly, persecution will come. Let me define persecution. This is what... One man writes about persecution. I think it's a pretty good definition. It's a couple of paragraphs, so I want you to follow me. Persecution is subjecting a person to injury or disadvantage on account of his opinions. It is more than disputing his opinions. It is inflicting some injury on him, depriving him of some privilege or right, subjecting him to some disadvantage, or placing him in less than favorable circumstances because of his beliefs. This may be either an injury done to his feelings, his family, his reputation, his property, his liberty, his influence, 
It may be depriving him of an office which he held or subjecting him to a fine or imprisonment uh, it, 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 to, to, it, to imprison, torture, or death. If in any way he is subjected to disadvantage on account of his beliefs or opinion, or he is deprived of right or privilege based on his beliefs. See, the Scripture states, if you live a holy life, modeling our Savior, you will be persecuted. It's not a matter of if, it's not a matter of when. We say persecution, and sometimes we think it's just like Paul. He was stoned in the prison. Uh, he was beaten. Uh, he was stoned. Uh, now, now, there's other persecutions than that. I just mentioned, and this commentator wrote this list over a hundred years ago when he described persecutions, and there are some things in his description that are more than applicable to the day we live in. So you've got to understand Living holy. That's why some Christians, they'll never have to worry about having any opposition. Because there's a qualifier for persecution. Live godly. Sometimes it's like I'm going to hit him as I say, Pastor, why, why, why is there always something? Why is there always some opposition? Why is there something? Because when you, when you preach a holy book that we should live a holy life, we are told the ungodly are not going to settle for that. They're going to do all they, it's going to come. So living godly will bring persecution. Now we're still in this first thing I want you to consider. This is important. Use your mind here. Who are the persecutors? I will contend to you that a lot of us, if not all of us in here, according to the description that was written by that commentator that I just read, has faced some sort of persecution because we're a Christian, not just because we're a Christian, but because of the beliefs we hold to, whether it's a, a, a standard we hold to, it's some things we do not participate in, it's something we will not go along with. I, I, there have been other quote-unquote preachers uh, call people and say, don't go to their meeting. That's a form of persecution. It, it's not a personality difference. It, this, it's minor compared to Christians getting their lives taken for them. But I want us to understand that we per, the persecution of the fully known life. Everybody with me? Who were the persecutors? See, in Paul's day, we know who it was, right? We've been, we've been preaching about it on Sunday morning, Sunday night. It, it was those religious, those religious Jews. It was those who studied the law. See, Paul warns in the last days... It will be a different crowd. Are you with me? Paul knew who his persecutors were, didn't he? I mean, when they're beating you, you know who that is. You know the group of people who are always stirring it up. Who were they? It was the crowd that he used to be one of. He used to be one of those. And it's this group that held so strictly to the law, they rejected the, the belief of a resurrected Savior because if they embraced their true gospel, a resurrected Jesus Christ, they were obsolete. They had no more authority. They had no more power. It was a works-based salvation that they depended on. 
It was the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they had a hard time with Paul because Paul knew he had liberty in Christ. He had grace. He had all of those things. And, and you, you know how I believe about that. That's not a license to sin. But they, they said, you, you had to hold to the law. You have to do all of these things. You have to. They were the ones who, who lived so strictly that they would stone those. That's because they were stuck by that law who would go outside of the law. This is the crowd that persecuted Paul. Everybody with me? But Paul warns that in the last days, it will not be the same crowd that persecuted him that persecutes those in the last days. I draw your attention again to verses 2 through 4. Our persecutors are the religious crowd of our day are this emerging contemporary crowd. That's who it is. It is the emerging contemporary crowd. That, that, that you, you, you bring up old-time religion to them, and, and they have a fit. They got, they got to destroy it. They got to run it down. You say that to a Catholic, and they don't care. There's a difference. Uh, you, 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 I, I, you, you say emerging church to me. I, I don't go into convulsions. But you say independent fundamental Baptist to them, and they, they can't stay in the room with you. The, the persecutors are the religion of our day. Are we in the last times? I believe we are. So therefore, the religious crowd that's described in the last days are the religious crowd that we deal with today. Am I losing you? Are you with me? We've talked about how all of this is accepted. See, to the Jew, the law was the standard. We got that, right? But to the emerging church, the contemporary crowd, no standard is the standard. The Jew was caught up in their own self-righteousness. The law was their Savior. The fulfill, us doing the law is it was the standard. That's not the same religious crowd of this day. And Paul, his preaching revealed that. His dealing with issues re revealed that. It's a resurrected Christ. And as a resurrected Christ, there is, the law is, is no more. The law has been fulfilled. It's taken away. All you have to do is believe on Him. That was the standard to his persecutors was the law. To the emerging church contemporary crowd today, no standard is the standard. We don't believe there's an authority. We don't believe you have a perfect Bible. We don't believe in the church. We love Jesus, we just hate the church. It sounds nice, it sounds pious, but it's completely unscriptural and humanistic. And I've taught on that in the past. They, they are, they, they, it, no standard is the standard. We, we, it, it, that's why uh, we, we, when, when those will leave the truth and go to error of the ways, it's not about the doctrine that they believe. Some of you were saved out of another quote-unquote religion, and when you were shown the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ being your sin payment, and without believing on that, you were going to go to hell. You believed on Him. You were shown the truth. It was not a type of music that converted you. It was not looser living that converted you. 
It was a belief on a resurrected Savior that pulled you out of your false religion, that pulled you out of a humanistic life. It was not an enticement to do more of what your flesh wants to do. In this, in this, this new culture, in this emerging church, this, this contemporary movement that is even going into independent Baptist churches, they embrace alcohol and idolatry and adultery and homosexuality and living an unholy life is their calling card. Self-centeredness. I mean, look, look at the list here. I mean, I can take you to, to chapter and verse in, in, in some of these emerging church books where they advocate for all of the things that I just mentioned to you. Sometimes they, they call exactly what they call it and other descriptions they're describing it. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You know, it's kind of hard to claim holiness and they want to twist Scripture to, to put a stamp of approval on alcohol. And, and they always like to use, they, they don't want to use all the Bible, but it's, you know, don't, don't, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, where there's that excess. You know, but the Bible right, it, right says, be filled with the Spirit. So there's a principle there, you can't be filled with the Spirit and be drunk with wine, but you can be, be unholy, so it's unholy. Without natural affection, that ship has sailed, to quote from one of these books. Truce breakers, false accusers. The last one sums up of that verse, despiser of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded. And then this is the one that these emerging churches and contemporary is full of. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I like the music. I like the lifestyle. I like that nobody preaches against the way I'm living. I like the fact that I can live with my boyfriend and still be part of a church. I like the lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That's the religious crowd. That's not the world. And, and, and most of you, you've experienced this these are the persecutors. The Bible says we will be. He says, Timothy, you're going to be. You've seen mine. I've lived a fully known life. And see, that's what those... And remember, we are the enemy. I was told that not too long ago. But, we, we, but you're supposed to be the enemy. You can't... And you've got to understand that, that we, and I think you do, but to reemphasize before I move on, uh, our belief system as, a, as an independent, fundamental, old-time religion, Bible-believing, Baptist, is everything that that is not. And as long as we exist, it's not, what they're teaching is not true. Because you know what? You could bump into one of the, their church members this week and win them to Christ. Well, how long have you been going to church so-and-so? Oh, about three years now. How do you know you're going to heaven? Well, nobody has ever told me that. I've never heard that. See, we have to be the enemy because we might actually win their members of Christ. 
They are the persecutors. See, live godly and you will be lied about. Where you work, anybody ever lied about you? Where I work, they lie about me all the time. You'll be mocked. You'll be harassed. Hey, we live in Florida. If your daughters just don't dress like they live in Florida, everybody, everybody, when I go out with my family and my three girls, we get stared at. It's because we're so good, look, such a good-looking family. That's what it is. You know, most of the time, people are very, very respectful. And they like, it's nice to see people like that today. I'm sitting there thinking, there's a reason. There's a reason. But you'll be mocked, harassed, vilified. You know, churches like ours, until the end of time, until Jesus comes back, churches like ours, there will always be blogs that are written against them. There will always be social media accounts who exist for the purpose of persecuting anybody who stands where we stand. It's an important principle here. I want you to get, if you get nothing else tonight. It gets old. There are always people are, we, we get, and some of you, if you think about what we talked about persecution there and how uh, sometimes people may find, some of your own family will, will talk about you when you're not around and you're the weirdo. You're, 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 you're part of the quote-unquote cult. You, 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 you've, been, you've been brainwashed. Oh, did you see the latest movie? Well, anyway, you're talking about brainwashing. As long as we hold to what we believe and it's fully known, which we preach Christ, we are saved by the grace of God. I'm not trying to be more like this world. I'm trying to be more like my Savior. I don't want a church where the world feels comfortable. I want it where the Holy Spirit is comfortable. And if a sinner comes to the house of God, they'll have a seat saved next to a church member. The Word of God will be preached. They will be welcome. But I hope they're uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit of God puts them under conviction so they might be saved. But friend, don't forget the three things I spoke of about Paul's persecutors. When he was one of them, he, they loved him. When he was one of them, he was a hero because of the persecution against the church. But the moment he got saved, and the moment he began preaching of a resurrected Christ, they didn't like him anymore. Matter of fact, they hated him. They reviled him. They tried to kill him. It was because he now stood as an enemy. What could he have done to get the persecution to stop? It's very simple. I already told you. Changes faith. Changes doctrine. Friend, the only way you're going to be accepted by that family who, 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 is, who has forsaken the truth and has forsaken that which is wrong, they, but you can love them and they can love them and you and you can have some fellowship, but they'll not stop talking behind your back unless you become them. I could, I could get the blogs to stop about me and all of my friends just like that. Renounce my independent, fundamental Baptist heritage and belief, and I'd be a hero. 
The same people who vilify me today would put me on a pedestal tomorrow. I would be a hero tomorrow simply by becoming like them. If I changed the music to the world's music, they would love me, they would embrace me. Today they vilify me. Today they hate me because of what I preach and where I stand. You know who I'm talking about. But just like that, they would love me, embrace me. I'd be a hero. Why? Because I became just like them. This is a principle I'm glad. This is a truth I'm glad I've got a hold of. Because some of you need to get a hold of it in your mind. It's never going to stop. And that's the second thing I want you to see real quick. Is number two, expect it. Verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's not going to get better, it's going to get worse. And expect it. Well, I just, I get tired of people making, making fun of what I believe. It's not going to stop unless you give up what you believe. Now, if you were like them, and that's why so many so tragic to see. Young people, they get exposed to this, and everybody eventually is going to be exposed to it because this is the theology of the last days, in my opinion, and, and so you can't get away from it. And, and it's like, well, I just I want to be included. I want to be, I, I want to be part of, I don't want to be, be, be weird to them. I want to be accepted. The only way you can be accepted is become like them. That's the only way. And friend, I'm sorry. That's not on my agenda. And that's part of one of the devil's greatest ploys is to put the pressure in that regard. You think it got weary and old for Paul to be beaten and thrown into prison? Absolutely. But how he could have made it stop anytime he wanted to. Are you following me tonight? He could have made it stop anytime he wanted to if he just stopped preaching a resurrected Christ. If he gave up his purpose. If he quit being long-suffering, if he quit show, showing charity, he could have had it stop. He could have been a hero again. But you and I wouldn't be keep him in the, in, the, in the light we keep him in today. He wouldn't be a hero of ours today. It's not going to stop unless you, you become them. So what do we do? I close with our response. Paul continues to write. He says, you've known my, fully known, you've, you've known my life. It's been easy to follow, easy to know. Persecutions. Man, there's some, there's some, there's some good stuff in this. You, you, it's a different religious crowd of the day. The religious crowd of the day is the, the one that I've been teaching against. Our persecutors are... Now, there's, there's some heathen and pagan persecution, but the majority of our persecution... Come, it, it's a shame... It's a shame, and I decided after last week's, I'm going to start teaching more about this because it needs to be taught. It's a shame where Christians can go and get along better with lost people than this fake Christian, gooey, syrupy, use all these spiritual words, live like, live like Hollywood on their social media and then put, I'm a Jesus lover, no, you're a blasphemer. But yet, I can go hang out with lost people and they'll treat me better than those. Why is it? I'm the enemy. I have to cease to exist. I have to be stopped. This church has to be stopped. Why? Because everything we are is the opposite of what they are. 
But you've got to accept it that the only way you're going to get it to ever change, we are never going to be the most popular church in Jacksonville. Never going to. Never going to. And we're not trying to be jerks. Some of you catch up on that, you know. We're not, we're not trying. But I'm not changing what I believe. And isn't it amazing that people who are just live out here and just and they don't know anybody, they're lost, and you have interaction with them, they have no that well, you, church, well, well, glory to God. And there are some other Bible-believing churches in, in our area. And you run into some, pray, praise, pray, praise the Lord, appreciate what you're doing. But oh man, there's a different crowd out there that if you're an independent fundamental Baptist, and I use that word fundamental on purpose, by the way, if you're one of them, you're the enemy. You've got to be stopped. So what is our purpose? He's writing about that. He says, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving. They're still deceiving. What are they deceiving? They're deceiving in their false doctrine. But one of the ways that they're deceiving is not just deceiving a false doctrine. They're deceiving the minds of people to get them as far away from the truth as they possibly can. Verse, after he says all of that, it comes to verse 14. I've taught specifically on that verse in one of these past studies, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned of them. So what do we do? We, we continue. He says, Timothy, in spite of all this, you continue. When I taught on that discontinued Christianity, there's no clause in that verse for you and I to quit. There's no, there's no, unless this happens, you can give up the doctrine you've been taught. Oh, if it gets difficult, he says, no, you continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. He says, he says, Timothy, continue anyway in the things that I've taught you. You know they're true. You stay with them. And friend, that's what you and I have to do. Say, Pastor, this isn't a very encouraging Bible study tonight. You're telling us that we are going to be persecuted. And then you're telling us who's going to persecute us. So what in the world are we supposed to do? Continue. Keep doing what we're supposed to do. Be long-suffering. Keep living the, 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 the fully known life. Because there is a lost world out there that will listen to a gospel presentation who, who wants something different, who don't want the same old thing, and they're looking for it. You and I have to continue. The second thing we must do is found in verse, uh, chapter number 4 and verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. We continue, we also watch. Watch thou in all things. You, you be careful. You, you, you be, 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 be vigilant. Endure afflictions. Continue to do the work of evangelists. Make full proof of thy ministry. We don't quit. We don't change. We continue to do that which we have been instructed to do. What's the third thing? The third thing is found in verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We also finish. Finish our course. Finish what God has given us to run. If you're one of the senior saints, you've been at this a long time. You've seen a lot of things. You finish. 
You know, when the Lord calls you home, you still be a Bible believer when He calls you home. If we're raptured out, you still be a Bible believer when we're raptured out of here. You don't give up your beliefs. Say, well, well I, I want this and I want this. And by the way, let me just say this because I know some of you have a hard time dealing with it. And I think it will help you not feel guilty. Many of you have family members who have left the truth and gone this way of error. And they hold your grandkids ransom from you. They make you feel guilty about the way you raised them, about what you instructed them. You hear your pastor well tonight. You did right. You raised them according to the word of God. And they are, they are persecuting you by using their own children as pawns to try and get you to compromise. And that, that's the fact. And I only say that, and I don't have anybody in mind, and I pray for, for, for those, and I've told you that many, many times, but, but I want you to know that, that's a persecution, and they use it to make you feel bad, so maybe I can soften this, or maybe if I say this, don't you do it. You finish. Because if you don't finish, where are they ever going to see the truth? Where are they ever going to know it? You finish. If you're, if you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you're in Bible college right now, you finish. Not just Bible college, but you finish. There's enough who, who, who are raised in this thing, and they get to be an adult, and then they start getting swayed. You finish. You keep your standards. You keep your convictions. You keep your purity. You keep your holiness. You keep your Bible. And this goes for the couples in the 30s and the 40s as well. You're rearing your children. You better think about your kids. Because out there in that where you get to do what you want to do, Christianity, the, the, their kids aren't reared the same way the kids are reared here. Good night. What do our kids get exposed to and they're in this environment? Can you imagine what they get exposed to not being in this environment? And you really want that for your children so that you can do things that have pleasures that you love more than God? You finish. Well, if I came in here on Sunday and said, you know what, there's just some things I don't, I, I, I don't like, to like about what we've believed and taught, if, and I think it's okay if, if I do this now, and I think it's okay if, if I talk this way now, I think it's okay if I dress this way now, I think it's okay if I go to these places now. Would, would that be okay? Some of you would be so upset that our, our pastor had, and you should be. He's changed, he's compromised, we need to get a new pastor or a new church. But yet, I'm supposed to go along with the flow when I see it starting to happen in you. That's just supposed to be okay. It's a two-way street. Finish. Well, the pressure is just so much. The only way the pressure will ever go away is if you compromise. Is if you give in. I know because I believe we're in the last days. I've studied this. I've written about it. And there's more to come. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. I know as a Bible believer, a preacher, if I'm going to preach with boldness, 
If I'm going to preach the whole counsel of God, I'm going to preach against sin, I'm 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 going to admonish you to live a holy and a clean and a pure life, I know I'm going to be a hated man by many until the day I die. But friend, that's not what motivates me. It is who is saying good about me or bad about me. What motivates me is there's a God who sits on His throne, and one day I'm going to see my Savior face to face, and I want Him to say, well done. There's some little boys and girls in the service tonight in the nursery next door who need a pastor who's going to stand for truth, stand for right. When they get to be a teenager, still hold up a Bible and say, you can trust this, you can follow this, you can build your life on this. They still need to sing those old, old hymns that will be with them in the darkness of the night. They don't need all this other stuff. I'm willing to do that because I know that I can make the persecutions go away if I just become them But to become them, I'd have to betray my Savior. I'm not willing to pay that price. Because this is a vapor. You can take all the carnality. You know, some Christians need to realize some of the, the, the things they want to make a big deal of and they'll trade the truth for. It's not another doctrine that comes and gets them. It's just, it's just carnality. It's just their sin. I just think we ought to be able... There's no rewards in heaven for that. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you, we're all going to fall in the presence of the Savior, but I want to hear him say, well done. Mom and dad, it'll get a whole lot easier, and I, you put that in quotation marks, if you just Change but I don't think you'll like the long-term result. We have to press on. This is part of what we face today. This is a relevant study. I don't like to think about persecution. I'm sure you don't like to think about persecution. We face it. Nothing compared to so many Christians around the world who pay such a higher price than we pay. But in these last days, it's only going to get ramped up. It's only going to get worse. And you remember those principles. They loved him. They loved him when he was one of them. But now his message is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's dealing with holiness and service and sacrifice. And they hated him. The same crowd hated him. He could have made it stop. It's just one of those aha moments for me. Oh, he just, that's what the Lord had. No, that wasn't his thorn. And I know I'm keeping going, but this is good. That was not his thorn, the affliction he spoke of. That was his thorn. That was something that he had, that, that he had to deal with and live with. The persecutions and the afflictions were two different things. He couldn't do anything about the affliction. He asked the Lord three times, and finally God said, My grace is sufficient for thee. Live with it, Paul. You can live with it. You endure it. I'll give you the grace you need to do it. The persecution, he could have, he could have had go away anytime he wanted to go away. Friend, if you're living with an affliction tonight, that's between you and God. 
but the persecution that we might face as a Bible-believing Christian. The only way to make that go away, outside of the Lord calling us all home, is to give up that book right there. To give up your convictions and to give up your beliefs. I'm going to close a little bit differently tonight. If, if you don't have my book, Satan's Toolbox, you need to get it. I don't, I don't need the money for you to buy it, but you need to get it. If you have it, like I know many of you have, that have not cracked it open, I would, I would encourage you to do so. Because so, I can, I can tell you a lot of Christians, they, didn't leave for any, they don't leave the truth for any other reason. They got tired of the persecution. They got tired of the hardness. The word to endure the afflictions. We're in a spiritual warfare, spiritual battle. Souls are at, at stake. This is not a, oh, this is just a, your preference of, of, of how you worship. Th- that even sounds weird. It's not our responsibility to find out how we want to worship God. We go to a holy God and say, what do you expect of us? We've got to hold to the truth. Emmanuel Baptist Church, great days are ahead. We are going to have an opportunity to make an eternal impact in the lives of hundreds and I would even say thousands of people. We're not going to do it. I, I, I don't even want to get I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of God, but we have a great, great opportunity ahead of us. We're not going to do it by being like everybody else. Every other contemporary emerging church model, we're not going to do it like that. We do it by holding to the Word of God and being a scriptural church. So, Father, help.